As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Torella. And I'm your better, prettier, younger host, Tori. We're sisters who are obsessed with true crime and love gal palin with you about cases. You can expect the occasional curse word, lots of friends quotes, and all the 90s nostalgia. To get in on the conversation, check us out at KillerQueensPodcast.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Killer Queens Podcast. And we're on YouTube at Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. Okay, y'all, grab your Capri Suns or your Surge, and let's talk about some true crime. Well, hey, y'all. Hey, guys. We actually have a local case today. I know. How crazy is that? What the what? <laughs> is that right? We don't like that, do we? No. 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 Sorry. <laughs> I can't fix your stupidity, so... That's true. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's a it's a local case for us. And I mean, I've definitely heard Robertson County on the news a lot. And it was I feel like they always get out for snow. They always get out for snow. And the thing is, whenever you're little and you're watching and they go in alphabetical order and you're like, please, Rutherford, please. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. Yeah. You have to go to school. You idiots. Robertson always out. Yep. They always got it. But it's north of Nashville, so it's like, they would make sense. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because we were in the southernmost tip of Rutherford County. Yeah. Didn't really help. No, it did not. But anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So I guess we we do have a few orders of business. Well, I was going to say trigger warnings, but yes, we do have that too. Well, we, we should do that before we get into what the case is. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're always right. <laughs> you're laughing because you know you're not always right. Oh. <laughs> is that not? Oh, okay. No, Did that I, is not why I'm laughing. Okay. okay. My bad. My <laughs> bad. laughing because I love a good When Harry Met Sally quote. Mm, yep. You're right. You're right. I know you're right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we want to let you guys know that we have a Patreon. Mm-hmm. We sure do. And everything, no matter what tier you're at, ad-free. Totally ad-free. It's totally ad-free. But if you want extra episodes, and there are a lot of extra episodes, you just got to be at the $10 a month level. Yeah, we literally right now, if you were to join and you wanted to like download and binge everything that we have on there in just bonus episodes, like say you don't even you know want to go back and listen to any of the other ones ad-free or whatever, you're looking at like, 
at least 250 episodes. There are many. Many. Plus all the ones you get ad-free. Yeah. Yeah. And we just released a new, I don't know, how long have we been doing the titty now? I don't know. It's been a little while, a few months at least. So we do another show on Sundays. It's called T to the fourth power Y, but when you abbreviate it, it's T, 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 Y. Mm -hmm. And it just looks like that word. So that's why I just said that. But um, it's just an update episode. It's just like, we just talk about our week. We talk about what we have going on. Like it's kind of a little bit more personal. We um, had one episode where we spent 20 minutes talking about salad dressing. Yes. And how Cracker Barrel did us dirty. So yeah. And it is so far, I think the favorite episode of everyone's to date. And the funny thing is we thought that that would be the reason why people stopped listening. So yeah. And they were like, this was awesome. But you know, it's just us talking, chit-chatting, catching up. So, and everybody gets it. $3 a month, you get it. Yeah. So go check it out. Come hang with us. A little extra hang sesh. Yeah. And if you need even more hang sessions. Mm-hmm. Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Central, we have a show on Spotify Green Room. Mm-hmm. So you download the app, you search True Crime Rewind, because that is what the show is called. Yep. And you can sit in, you can ask to speak, you can comment in the comment section, whatever your little heart desires, but that's what we do on Tuesday nights. Yeah. And it's real time. So, like, we're talking with you as you're chatting. We can talk with you if you request to speak. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Now that all of that has been addressed, I Mm -hmm. think now we can do, let's go ahead with trigger warnings. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Oh, there's not very many in this one. No. Yeah. So we've got uh, domestic abuse, the use of a gun. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is about a missing person and her young daughter. So there is a child involved as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we want to thank Lindsay McClelland. And we think that there were others that requested this, but for sure, Lindsay requested this case. And thank you to Mark for writing it up. Absolutely. And thank you to Olivia. So she actually had a call with Jennifer's sister, Casey, and got a lot of information from her directly. So a lot of the information that we have is going to come from Casey. Mm-hmm. And um, thanks to Olivia for doing that. And thanks to Casey for sitting down and taking the time and giving us the information. Absolutely. Yes. So now I think it's time. Here's a little episode description in Middle Tennessee, about an hour or half hour or so north of Nashville, lies Robertson County. In March of 2004, Jennifer Wicks and her two-year-old daughter, Adriana, disappeared without a trace. And the story being told by her then-boyfriend, Joseph Joey Benton, just does not make sense to basically everybody. Yep. And it won't make sense to you either. Nope. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Not going to make sense. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. Let's get into so, it. So this is a case that you're not going to see a lot of information about in the media, unfortunately. Just ridiculous. Yeah. It wasn't plastered all over the news. There hasn't been a whole lot of coverage on it at all. There's a couple of other podcasts that have covered it. We know that Big Mad True Crime, Heather Ashley covered it. Hey girl, hey. But there's just not a lot out there. So if you try to like go down the Google rabbit hole, you're just not going to find much. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of how it is. But the police 
say, you know, that they're not releasing information because it's a quote, open investigation. So they won't comment on anything. They won't release anything. They won't release information to the family because of that. But they're also not like actively investigating it. Yeah. So for them to call it an active and open investigation kind of doesn't really make sense to me. But right. Yeah. But, you know, what do we know? Exactly. Jennifer and Adriana do have advocates still, though. So her family is fighting to keep their names out there in hopes that someone somewhere will finally come forward with information that can help them learn what really happened to Jennifer and Adriana all those years ago. So Jennifer was the oldest of three girls in her mother's house with Casey, who was the youngest, and Heather, who was the middle. Kathy and Jennifer's dad, Michael Wicks, weren't together, and Michael lived further south, past Nashville in Manchester, Tennessee. That's a big, far drive from Robertson County to Manchester. It really is, yeah. Olivia spoke with Casey, uh, like we said, who has taken up the mantle from her mother of pushing anywhere and everywhere she can to keep her sister and niece's names out there and tell their story. With there being so little information out there, we're using, like we said, our conversation with Casey as a huge source of information. Casey was very open and honest and multiple times mentioned that she didn't want to speak out of turn or speak for someone else when something would come up. We understand that the police can't comment because it can cause issues later down the road when they finally arrest someone. And while people out there will probably think, oh, well, you know, of course, this is just going to be one-sided. It's from the victim's family. Like, this is what we have, first of all. Mm-hmm. And they're the only ones that are talking. So they're the like- only one. Yes, exactly. So if you have information, please do bring it forward. Like, we're happy to learn other information or another viewpoint, but this is what we have. Mm-hmm. So, and I know that her, their family would love for more people to come forward. Yes. So please prove us wrong. <laughs> like, exactly. you know? Yes. Yeah. So Jennifer was 19 years old when Adriana was born. And when the family found out that she was pregnant, Casey said there was that initial kind of like shocked. But after that wore off, it was like, okay, we're having a baby. Like, you know, it was kind of a, they were a very, very tight knit family. Mm -hmm. Casey was like 13 or 14 years old at the time. And she remembered that Jennifer had worked at Target for a time and then worked night shifts at a factory. And the family worked together to take care of Adriana while Jennifer was out there trying to provide. They were just making it work. And for them, it was normal. In early 2003, Kathy received a job offer that would require the family to move across the country to Las Vegas. She was offered a position as a manager for Lowe's, which would be a pay increase and a great opportunity for not just Kathy, but the whole family. So after she accepted this position, the family moved out west but Heather and Jennifer stayed back in Tennessee. Heather was almost through high school and wanted to stay back with family to finish out high school, and Jennifer felt like she had a network of friends and family that she didn't want to leave. She was close with her granny and her granddaddy, which are Michael's parents, we think. Her dad still lived close, and a big thing was also that she wanted Adriana to be around her family as well, you know, cousins and all of that kind of stuff. It was... Casey thinks Jennifer wanted to give Adriana kind of the, a similar childhood to what she had, that kind of like small town, everybody knows everybody kind of feel, everybody watches out for each other, which in a town, I think the town that they grew up in was like under 2,000 people population. Yes, it was very... To go from that to Las Vegas would be mm-hmm. a huge culture shock for anybody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So Jennifer and Adriana stayed with Kathy's sister, who was their Aunt Lisa. And Lisa has a son, Jeffrey, who Jennifer was super close with growing up. And since they were like basically, the, I mean, I think they were like a year apart. Yeah. Yes. So when living with her aunt, Lisa met one of Jeffrey's friends, Joey. And Casey said that she doesn't have the details of exactly how they met, but assumes that it was just through Jeffrey. And they started hanging out more and more. Then things progressed and Jennifer started to hang out at Joey's house with Adriana more and more. And the next thing you know, they're a couple. And everyone, their relationship was not very long. Like they didn't date that long, but they met in late summer, early fall of 2003. And then Jennifer and Adriana are missing as of March, 2004. So essentially that's somewhere between six and nine months. Mm-hmm. Their relationship could easily be described as on again, off again, or like rocky. In in 2000 or September 2003, Kathy received a call from Jennifer who was panicked and she was at her granny Wicks's house. Jennifer said that Joey had pulled a gun on Jennifer and Adriana and he told his mom to take them out of their house into granny Wicks because he was scared that he was going to do something to hurt them or hurt himself. And there was no question in Kathy's mind about returning to Tennessee. So she quits her job and she comes back home. Immediately. And Mm -hmm. Jennifer and Joey had broken up and Jennifer moved back in with her family when they moved back to Tennessee. So when they moved back, they moved into their grandmother's old house and the house had a basement and Casey described it as, quote, not a creepy basement, but a finished basement. And Jennifer had the room to herself. She had a baby nursery down there as well. And essentially this space acted as their own private living space. But sometimes as happens in these kinds of situations, especially when you're young like this, Joey and Jennifer stayed in touch. And it's easy to assume that Joey began to love bomb Jennifer at this point, doing whatever he could to get her back. I'm sure making promises that he knew he, or not maybe knew, but that Mm -hmm. he wouldn't keep. Yeah. That only happened one time. I I promise that, you know, I just got, got out of hand and I didn't mean to, and I would Mm -hmm. never do that for you because I'm changing. Mm Mm-hmm. So Casey agreed that it was likely, but also that it was probably a two-way street and that Jennifer was probably missing their relationship as well. And they had been together for a little bit, and I'm sure it was nice to have another, quote, parent around and give, I mean, Jennifer wanted to give Adriana a family. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, because Jennifer wanted what was best for Adriana and she wanted her to have a father figure in her life. You know, not saying that two parents is best, but for large portions of the world population, the cookie cutter idea of a family is seen as best. And Jennifer wanted that for Adriana. Casey probably did too. But 
Casey thinks that they started talking again in early December of 2003. So around that time, Casey and Heather were home one day when Kathy was at work. Jennifer had decided to move back in with Joey and he had come over to help her pack her things and take them to his house, quote unquote. And while they were moving stuff, yeah, this house. Put a pin in that. Yeah. So while they're moving stuff, Kathy comes home and they told her what was going on. And Kathy immediately sprang into action and she tried to convince Jennifer to stay. She was trying to talk sense into her. She was trying to remind her what happened before with the gun. Mm -hmm. And Casey took Adriana to the back bedroom because of the arguing that was happening. And Kathy told Joey that Jennifer and Adriana did not need to be living in the conditions that they were going to. And that's when Joey moved closer to Kathy. He got in her face and he said, you don't have a daughter anymore, bitch. Okay. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. You need to back up, sir. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and I feel like in Jennifer's situation, because again, we feel like he was doing obviously everything he could to get her back. Oh, you know, I've changed. I'm not going to fly off the handle and like all this stuff. But to see him get up in your mom's face and say that, like, it's just so sad that he was manipulating, I believe he was manipulating her to the point that she wasn't viewing that as a red flag. And even if, or, or if she was, that it was not enough, you know? Well, I mean, she quite possibly could have been so emotionally abused at this point Mm -hmm. that she didn't feel like she could do or say anything. Right. Exactly. It's just, it breaks my heart for her. It is. It's awful. And from there, Joey was putting things in the car and they shut the door on him. And they were physically trying to hold Jennifer back and talk to her about staying. And Casey called the police from the back bedroom with the baby. Joey then kicks the front door off the hinges. Yeah. And the door is on the floor at this point with the boot print on it. So police reports were filed and Jennifer left with Joey. She left Adriana with Casey. And then later, Jennifer returns with Joey's mom to get her stuff and the police took Adriana back to Jennifer. Yeah. It's just so sad. Mm -hmm. To kick in the front door to where it's completely off the hinges, Mm -hmm. that takes a lot of strength. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, And I do know that it's probably going to be a thought in people's heads like, well, why did, why did she go back to him? Why didn't she just leave him? Sometimes it's not that easy and we understand that. So mm-hmm. there is no blame being put on no, Jennifer. No, of course not. Yeah. And if you look at, I mean, we're going to get into some of the other ways that Jennifer is obviously being at the very least emotionally abused mm-hmm. and psychologically abused. But yeah, it is not that easy. Like there are so many things that happen in your psyche. And Joey also did a lot of things to make her feel that there was no way she could ever get away. It's, it very much reminds me of the movie or the show made Mm -hmm. because a lot of these things are similar. There's a lot of parallels. And in that show, she keeps thinking that she doesn't have the right to feel the way that she feels because this guy has not put his hands on her necessarily. But when you look at all these other factors, that's still abuse. Oh, absolutely. You know? And especially in the case of the TV show Made, yeah, maybe he hasn't put his hands directly on her, but did she feel safe? Absolutely not. Right. Physically not safe. No, and she was scared to leave. Mm-hmm. And she also didn't, 
have the means to leave. And we'll get into that, but that is still abuse. And I think that's so important for people to realize, because I think, I mean, I've talked about this a little bit, especially when we did the Alice Ruggles case. I didn't realize that I was in an abusive relationship until I, we literally had somebody come and talk to our school, like our class, and they gave out pamphlets and there were check marks, check boxes, you know, check every box that matches your relationship, pertains to your relationship. And at the end, I had all of them, but like two or three checked on a trifold pamphlet. Hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in an abusive relationship. I had no idea. Yeah. Because they're so good at making you think, well, well, that's actually normal. That's how it works. Or that was a one-time mistake or, you know. Yeah, they can explain it away mm-hmm. and turn it around on you. Yeah. And when you're so young and have not had an experience like that before, how would you know? Exactly. Exactly. It's just, it sucks. So, you know, people who, I understand that, you know, not everybody can understand how you could stay with somebody like that, but there are just so many factors. And this is, I mean, it's a thing. So it's not uh, unique to one person, two people. Like, I, I was just really glad when that show Made came out because I felt like, it addressed that issue of, hey, there are many different ways to be abused, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe somebody watching that could have been like, oh my gosh, I'm in this situation too. Maybe I need to get out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So when Jennifer moved in with Joey, they didn't move into the house with the rest of the family. Instead, they moved into a small metal building in the backyard. And Mark says to compare it to a tiny home would be an insult to tiny homes. So, (laughs) yeah, there was no heat. There was no running water. This is December. Drywall was falling off the walls. And I I will say, too, in December in Tennessee, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's cold all of the time. But we have sometimes 50-degree swings. Yeah, in a day. In a day. Yeah. So exactly. just because maybe they moved in, I'm not, I, and I don't know this, I'm just saying like, you know, if they moved in uh, on a day that it was 80, the next, very next day could have been 30. Yeah, so. exactly. And this was kind of the, like, I can get down with this, you know, being like an outbuilding that like you and your friends are going to go hang out in. Cause that's what Joey and his friends did. They'd go out there, they'd get drunk, they'd hang sure. out or whatever. Put a space heater in it or something. I mean, yeah. Cause much. you're not, yeah. You're not sleeping out there. You're just hanging out while you're, you know, just hanging out with your friends or whatever. And then you're going to go sleep in a something else. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this was. I mean, it was, it was a little like outbuilding. Mm-hmm. Open to the elements, kind Mm -hmm. of. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's no, especially for a a small child, it's way too cold, way too cold. I mean, you're talking about, you know, it it can get down in the 20s at night. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the teens. Yeah. It's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. After the incident, their relationship with Jennifer, the family's relationship with Jennifer was obviously strained. Things quieted down. They didn't talk to Jennifer for a while. She and Adriana spent Christmas with Joey's family, and they missed Adriana's birthday in January. Eventually, though, Jennifer and Kathy started to talk again. And Casey says that looking back, she kicks herself for this, but she didn't forgive Jennifer for that whole incident. And, you know, she said it was scarring. It was traumatic. But She was also so young. She was a teenager. And this is something that, I mean, that would be hurtful. to handle this. Yeah. I mean, my gosh. And that's such a huge event, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just so sad. But Casey said on her 16th birthday in February, Jennifer came to see her. But they had to park on the road because Joey wasn't allowed on the property. So Joey was with her, of course. He's not going to let her go by by herself. Exactly. She can't go by herself. Now, wouldn't it not have made sense for her to go by herself to her family event, but she can't do that. Mm-mm. So they parked on the road and then Jennifer walked up because they didn't want him on the property. And looking back, Casey said that they never suspected like what was coming. And, you know, at this point, they're trying to mend their relationships, but it, it is still tense. And she was like, you know, It was just kind of a, we didn't like her boyfriend. We didn't want him around the house kind of thing. But we thought eventually they'd break up and we wouldn't have to deal with this anymore. You know, after a little while of being in the party shack, it started to get colder. Eventually, Joey, Jennifer, and Adriana moved from the shack to the main house. And this did not make Joey's mom happy at all. She and Joey's relationship has been described by people who know them as very odd, and we are not in any way, shape, or form insinuating incest or anything like that. They were just codependent with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, and normally with a mom and an adult, kind of like, I'm almost thinking of like a gangy and Buster. Uh Yeah, just very, very dependent on each other, closer than a normal mother and son would be. Yes. I don't know if they were doing mother boy, but I mean, that's what, you know, it's a waste of opportunity if they didn't. I know. That's just a good competition to be a part of. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So after they all move into the main house, Jennifer, Adriana, and Joey, things started to get tense in the family. For the most part, Joey's dad pretty much completely ignored them. And what kind of living condition? Just that alone. Yes. You're living in someone's house and they don't even look they in your direction. They won't talk to you. Yeah. It's very, very odd. How was that supposed to make you feel? Exactly. <laughs> and Jennifer said that she felt like she had to walk on eggshells around everybody because she 100% relied on them. So yeah. you guys listen to this. While she was living there, Jennifer didn't have a cell phone. She wasn't working. So they provided for her and Adriana. She would get money from Kathy, Granny Wicks, or her dad when she needed it, especially if it was something for Adriana. But she didn't even have her own bank account. She didn't have a vehicle. So if she did, 
try to go and get a job, which I believe she was not allowed to do. Right. And we know that she was working before that. So Uh it's not like she didn't have the drive or the gumption to do it. Yeah. This isn't a person who's like lazy and just doesn't feel like doing it. She worked multiple jobs at points to support her child. Mm -hmm. That's not what's happening here. She's not allowed. Mm -mm. And I don't know that to be a fact, but you look at all of these factors. Yes. All of these factors together. She no longer has a phone now that she's with him. She doesn't have a bank account. You know, she had a bank account before. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't have a bank account. She doesn't have a car. She has no way to get out of that house unless Joey or his parents take her somewhere. Well, and let's be honest, if the conditions were different and she was, let's say, allowed to get a job, what's Adriana going to do? Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to have to watch her. Yeah. And it doesn't seem that Joey's family was very willing to help in that area. I mean, and then how's she going to get to work? Or his dad wasn't, excuse me. Yeah. Like, she'd have to have a vehicle to get back and forth, you know? Yeah. She'll have to pay for childcare. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. Because there's all these other things that have to take place. I mean, and childcare is so expensive, depending on the type of job that you have. Like, unless you're, I mean, we are just like so hashtag blessed that we found an in-home daycare for our kids because it was so expensive. Like when we first had Ben and we put him in daycare to put him in full time was going to be more than our mortgage was every month. I was going to say, y'all were paying double what I paid to live in an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. And I get, it's a lot of work to take care of a newborn and, you know, it's a lot of work to take care of kids. It's just so expensive that, especially when you look at, like, I have several friends who once they had their second kid, they quit their job because it cost more to put two kids in daycare than it, than they made at their job. Mm -hmm. So it just didn't make sense anymore. So there's a lot of factors there, but I just feel like he didn't want her working because if she began working, she would have a sense of independence. She would have her own money. She would be getting out of the house. She would (laughs) talk to people. He has to keep her completely and 100% isolated. Mm -hmm. And these are the ways that you do that. You take away their financial ability. You take away their ability to talk to people, such as a phone. You take away their ability to get places like Mm -hmm. all those things. You become the only person, essentially, that they are communicating with. Mm -hmm. They don't have any way to be like, is this normal? Right. Should I be talked to like this? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because the last thing you want, if you're the type of person who's going to treat somebody this way, is for that person's family or friends or people that care about them to be like, hey, I don't I don't think this is right. There's something not right here. You don't want somebody putting things in their head to make them start questioning things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because God forbid they take up for themselves. So the Monday before they disappeared, Kathy had talked to Jennifer and Jennifer told her that Adriana wasn't feeling well. She had picked up some kind of a respiratory bug and she was also having pain when she urinated. So Kathy told her to take her to the ER since it was late at night and the doctor offices were closed. And Jennifer was like, well, nobody in the house will take me. Joey's mom worked at a hospital. She was not a nurse. Um, We think she may have been a lab tech, but she was like, oh, it's nothing to worry about. It's just a diaper rash. She doesn't need to go anywhere. You know, don't worry about it. Just like basically let it go and it'll fix itself. That doesn't happen. Uh, No. So Aunt Lisa went and picked up Jennifer and Adriana and took them to the ER and they stayed there overnight. And after they left, Jennifer called Kathy and said that the nurse told her that Adriana had an infection that you normally only see in grown up women. Kathy told her to get her into a pediatrician ASAP for a second opinion. 
The next day, Granny Wicks picked up Jennifer and Adriana and took them to her doctor. And that doctor told her that the infection was a UTI or something similar. And kids can get UTIs. Mm -hmm. I did as a child all the time. Like, yes. The thing is, though, and no matter what it is, it wasn't going to fix itself. No. Yeah. You still need antibiotics typically. Yeah, it still needs to be addressed by a medical professional. Mm-hmm. And they can get, if, if, they're, if they go untreated, they mm-hmm. can get really, really, really bad. Yeah, they can. Later that night, Jennifer met with Kathy to get some diaper rash cream. And Kathy said that Adriana was asking her if she could come stay at her house, but she told her she had to go home with her mom. And that was the last time that she saw her. That is so tragic. That is so sad. That breaks my heart. I know. You know. And we hear that. I mean, I'm trying to think of the little boy's name. And he ended up living with his dad and his dad's either new girlfriend or new wife. And I I don't even know if I should say it because we already did the trigger warnings and this is a whole new trigger warning. He ended up passing away in their care. We'll say that. And the last time the grandmother talked to him, he was like, can I please come stay with you? Can I please come stay with you? And she was like, baby, I, I can't let that happen because I, I would need to... Like she needed a court order or something because the dad yeah. was absolutely not going to let that happen. Yeah. And that was the last time she talked to him. You know what mm. I mean? Like that that kind of stuff is just so heartbreaking. And you got to think to be Kathy. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, why didn't I just take that baby? I know. Yeah. And and of course she couldn't. Like she can't do she that without, no. you know, everybody is okay. It's just, and the tension was such that, you know. Yeah. It's just so sad. It is. It's awful. So Jennifer's family has tried for years to get the medical records from the ER and pediatrician for these visits. But since they weren't listed as being able to receive information about the visits, like, you know how when you go to the doctor and they're like, do you have anybody that we can share your medical Mm -hmm. records with or your results with? A HIPAA policy. Yes. They can't give anybody, the doctor's office in the hospital can't give anybody any information, but the police do have those medical records. I don't know why after this long though. They wouldn't release something. They've I mean, been it's missing since, all over again. Yeah, they've been missing since 2004. Well, and you would think, especially from the family's point of view and perspective, and I, this is just speculation. I don't know if this is true or not, but you would think that the family, giving out some information to the family at least, let's let's say that, because there are some cases where I'm like, just release something to the public so we can, because maybe somebody knows something, you know? Mm-hmm. But just to the family, because they're they're doing their own investigation. Yeah. Because they have to. Exactly. Let them have something. I mean, my gosh. And yeah. Like we said in the beginning, they're classifying it as an open investigation, but they're not doing enough to really, for anybody else to believe it's an open investigation. Yeah. Or active, excuse me. So at, after that, Jennifer and Adriana returned to Joey's family's house and Jeffrey and Joey worked together. So Jeffrey is um, Aunt Lisa's son. Mm-hmm. And Joey's truck apparently was broken down at this point. So Jeffrey was driving him to work every day and they worked construction and were working in Franklin, Kentucky, which is just over the Tennessee, Kentucky border. Supposedly, everyone went to work on Wednesday like normal after the ER and pediatrician visits. And Jennifer had talked to Kathy earlier and mentioned that Joey's mom was on vacation that week. Like she wasn't out of town, but she was on a staycation. Yeah. And Apparently, this bit of information has been disputed by Joey's family. They say that she was working and she wasn't at home. Yeah, Joey's family just super maintains everybody worked their normal schedules that week. There was Mm -hmm. nothing out of the ordinary. Right. So Jennifer and Kathy talked Wednesday night, just catching up on how Adriana was doing. And in the background, she could hear Adriana screaming and crying. And when she asked Jennifer about it, Jennifer said that they had a toddler bed for Adriana and they were trying to get her to sleep in it. 
And Joey is in the room with Adriana because Jennifer said that Joey could sleep all night long in the room with her with the crying. And Jennifer said she couldn't do it. And Kathy said that she could hear Joey's mom in the background talking and yelling at Jennifer and just being like ungodly nasty to her. Mm -hmm. So Jennifer told her that Joey's mom had taken Jennifer and Adriana's food and threw it in out the back door and told her that she better get it before the dogs do. I mean, why? Yeah. And also, if Jennifer is talking to Kathy and she's like, oh, yeah, and this woman is off work all week, which Mm -hmm. would be miserable for Jennifer, right? Because she's like, fuck, I have to be around her every day and we're in the house together. Like, obviously, that's not going well because she threw their food out the back. But what reason does Jennifer have to to say this information to Kathy if it's not true? She doesn't know she's about to go missing. Right, but Kathy hears Joey's mom being nasty to her on the phone. Yeah, she can hear it, yeah. So she, Jennifer talked about Joey's dad who was basically like a ghost passing through the house, but she says that he also got into Jennifer's face and was arguing with her. Mm. So all of a sudden, he recognizes that they live there and he's pissed about it, apparently. Yeah. So that's when Kathy told Jennifer that maybe this wasn't the best night to sleep train Adriana and Jennifer went in and got her and Adriana immediately went to sleep on her chest. Poor baby. I know, she just wanted her mom. And when Kathy asked why they were fighting so much, Jennifer told her that Joey's mom didn't like him, quote, playing dad with Jennifer and Adriana. Kathy offered to come pick them up right then, but Jennifer declined, and she said that she and Joey were going to talk things over the following day. Hmm. What does that mean? Right. On Thursday, Jennifer was supposed to call Kathy, but she didn't do it. Then Kathy said that she watched the clock all day, and she was just worried about Jennifer. Earlier in that day, Jennifer had called Aunt Lisa and told her about the fighting that had been going on. And Lisa said that she was going to put a key outside for Jennifer and that she would she would come over to their house. So she also talked to her dad, Michael Wicks, and Jennifer had plans to go see him um, the upcoming weekend. And she told him about the fighting and the doctor appointments. Michael said that during the call, he heard cartoons playing in the background and he heard a woman's voice. And at one point, Jennifer said, no, I'm talking to my dad. But nobody really knows who this woman was. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that it's Joey's mom because Jennifer has said she's off work this week and there's Mm -hmm. another woman in the home. And, you know, but again, Joey's family maintained she was at work that week. Couldn't have been her. Right, exactly. So that's, we don't know. Yeah. So she also mentioned that she and Joey were going to go to a picnic later on in the day to talk about all the fighting. And Casey estimated that these calls took place between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m., but she's not sure about the exact times. They've tried to get access to phone records, but they've been completely stonewalled by police because it's still an open investigation, like we've said. So during a normal workday for Joey and Jeffrey, they wouldn't get off until around 4 or 5 p.m. But this day, Joey gets a call from someone saying that there's a family emergency. Mm -hmm. But on the job site, they weren't allowed to have their cell phones. So any calls went through the job foreman. And the foreman remembered that Joey got a call and said that he needed to leave. And then he went to Jeffrey, who was driving him, and said that they needed to leave. And it's unknown who called Joey to come home early for the family emergency. Casey thinks that it was either Jennifer calling to have Joey come home or it was Joey's mom who called about the family emergency after she and Jennifer had gotten into an argument. She said, Casey said that her gut tells her that it was Jennifer calling Joey because she was fighting with his mom again and she threatened to kick her out of the house or something along those lines. 
Casey has said that she's been trying to piece these events together for some time now, but she hasn't been able to nail down any concrete information. She said that Joey's dad has been online saying that his wife was at work and was wondering who the strange woman was that was in his house when Jennifer called her dad. He said that he was in court that day because someone was caught trespassing and vandalizing their property. But on the ride home, Jeffrey said that Joey didn't tell him anything regarding the emergency. But we have multiple witnesses saying, we know that you left work early that day. So this Mm -hmm. is not, let's get off of, this was a normal work day for everybody. Like, Mm -hmm. it's the day that she goes missing and you're telling me you have nothing to do with it. Your mom was at work when there's another female voice in the background when Jennifer's on the phone and somebody from that home called you and it was important enough that you had to leave work early. Mm -hmm. And it's not even, I mean, exactly like what you just said. I think that the, the biggest like poke a hole in his story is that he had to have somebody else drive him home. So that creates a lot more attention to it. Mm -hmm. It's not just, he just hauled ass out of there. He had to say, Hey, Jeffrey, we got to leave because I got to get home. Yeah. Which means Jeffrey has to leave work early too. Yeah. So he's getting, he's missing out on getting paid for half the day or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a big deal. And it just doesn't add up to me. I don't know how, and in the call with Olivia, we hear Casey say, she's like, I don't know how, how dudes are, how they talk. I don't know if they were like, hey, man, I just got to get home. Something important's going on. How much detail guys go into, right? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You would think, though, since Jeffrey is missing, however much work he's missing. Right. You'd be like, why are we leaving? Yeah. I hope this is worth me, you know, having however much less money on my paycheck from today, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. And it's not like it's just down the road. It's a ways away. Yeah. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Well, speaking of doesn't add up. Mm -hmm. So this is the point where what we believe happened is different from what Joey says happened. And not that he even gave the same story every time, but we'll start here. Joey claims that he came home and Jennifer was locked in the bedroom with Adriana. Why? She's home alone, remember? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. So nobody is here. His dad is at court and his mom is supposedly at work. So why has she locked herself in the bedroom? Right. But okay. From there, he talked to Jennifer and convinced her to come with them and drive around so they could talk about stuff. I guess we're leaving Adriana at home. By herself. Yeah. It's also unclear whose car they had. His mom was at work. His dad was at court. His truck was broken down. 
We don't yeah. hear from from anybody that they borrowed Jeffrey's truck to go drive around all afternoon. Yeah. His mom was fucking home. Yeah, we're, just, we're starting this out with holes in it. I know, that's just all there is to it. That's, uh, this very much reminds me of the time that I went out drinking one night. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I rode with my friend, Michelle. And Mark, who wrote this, Michelle is his wife. So, now. So, we're drinking or whatever. And so, I just rode with Michelle that night. But I had to go to work the next morning. But I was too hungover to go to work the next morning. So, I fucking called out. So my mom calls me and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, I'm driving to work. And she's like, you're driving to work. I'm like, yep, driving to work on the way right now. Just headed out, you know, driving to work. And she's like, okay, nothing to see here. Yep. Nothing to see here. Everything's normal. I didn't get super drunk last night. Everything's fine. She's like, okay, what time do you get off? I'm like a uh, four or whatever. She's like, okay, okay, cool. You're, and you're driving your car. Yep. Driving my car again. I'm not piecing together that I didn't fucking have my car with me. So I'm just like, yep, driving my car, driving, headed to work as normal, you know, whatever. And she's like, that's so weird because I'm standing at the window and I'm looking in the driveway and your car is sitting here. And I was like, fuck, forgot I don't have my car. And I was like, what I meant to say is that Michelle is driving me to work. She's like, that is so nice. Is she going to come pick you up too when you get off at like four in the afternoon? I was like, yes. She is. <laughs> she is going to pick me up after work. What a good friend she is. I'm like, I know. So I get off the phone with her and I'm like, Michelle, I can't leave here till 4.30 because mom thinks I'm at work, which obviously she knew I wasn't at work. But I was like, I have to stay here until I'm supposed to get off work so I don't get in trouble. You've committed to this lie now. So now you've got to I've committed it to it. That, that is exactly what is happening right now. Mm-hmm. Joey, think about it. What car did you fucking take, dude? Your car yeah. is broken down. You guys didn't just drive it. Unless your mom was home. I mean, come on. Unless she, unless there was another car there. Yeah. And someone to watch Adriana. There's no way. Exactly. So they drive around. They talk about stuff. Again, all from Joey's perspective. He says it got heated and they eventually broke up. So they go back to his parents' house. Jennifer refused to go back in, according to Joey. From there, Joey claims that he drove Jennifer and Adriana to the local grocery store across town, driving past Aunt Lisa's house. Remember, who had already told Jennifer she was going to leave a key out for her so she could get in if she needed to stay there. And from the way it's described, it wasn't like, oh, we were near the neighborhood. They literally passed her house. Mm -hmm. Like, it's honestly at this point more work not to stop there. Right. Joey says he assumed she wanted to go to the grocery store to use the phone. And this is around 9 p.m. Why would she need to use the phone at a grocery store when she could have used... From Casey, there were at least two home phones at the house, which maybe she didn't want to go back in, but that's fine. Joey's got a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't she use, have used his? Yeah, because she, before this day, she was in contact with her family on a very, very regular basis. And she was not going to the grocery store to do this. No. But now she has to go to the grocery store to use the phone. Mm-hmm. And just and pass by Aunt Lisa's house, who she could have walked in with the key. She knew the key was there. She could have walked in and used that phone all damn day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it doesn't stop there. Keep going. No. So this grocery store closes at 9 p.m. All of the employees, all three of them, said that they never saw Jennifer or the baby there to use the phone. The manager said he would specifically remember this, and and here is why. 
He would have to dial the number and then hand her the receiver for the call. It's not like you walk up and they just give you the phone and be like, you know, be on your way, do whatever you got to do with it. He has to physically make the call for her and then hand it to her. So he's like, I would remember that happening and it didn't happen. And again, this is not Publix in Nashville, Tennessee. Right. Where you've got however many people coming in and out. This is a very, very small town where everybody knows everybody's business. Mm-hmm. Like, literally. From there, Joey said that Jennifer said that she wanted to go to the Exxon by the interstate. And initially, when asked by police, Joey claimed he couldn't remember which of the two gas stations in town she had asked to go to. <sighs> couldn't remember. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. I could understand. No, I couldn't. I could not understand it because... I, unless it's been years and years and years and years ago. Right. I would be like, oh man, I I really don't remember. I really don't remember Mm -hmm. a detail like that. Yeah. You're going to remember out of one out of two gas stations that (laughs) are even available in your town. Exactly. And not only that, but to get to these gas stations, whichever one it ended up being, they had to go past Kathy's house. Mm -hmm. And again, not like in the vicinity of directly past her house. Why would he not have dropped Jennifer off there? Why would Jennifer say, pass my mom's house, please take me to a fucking gas station? So I can meet up with an unknown party. Yeah. So Joey says that when they got to the Exxon, Jennifer and Adriana got out. He went across the street to an empty parking lot and waited to see who came to get them. Get a load of this, guys, get a load of this. He said that about 10 minutes later. So he's saying that he sits there. He, he's worried enough about it or whatever, or interested, whatever, to wait 10 full minutes for somebody to come and get them. So they get there. And he says it's a white four-door Camaro or Mustang. And then like it pulls up and then Jennifer and Adriana get in. Joey later says it was a white four-door sedan because guess what? And I wouldn't have known this unless it was pointed out to me. But a four-door Mustang or Camaro did not exist. And I am convinced, based on something that Casey said in the call, Joey did a lot of, like, tinkering with cars. Mm-hmm. He would have the knowledge. Yeah. yeah. He would know that. Like, Terrell and I don't know th- these kinds of things because we're not car people. We, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, the extent of my knowledge is, like, well, it's silver. I mean, you know, yeah. I don't know. Miss KB would know something like that. Uh-huh. A lot of men would know something like that. A lot of women would know something like that. Uh-huh. Joey would have known that. Yeah. And that's just why, like, I mean, that's exactly like him being like, yeah, well, we drove around, but my mom was at work. And then it's like, well, you know, somebody is looking at him being like, well, that's weird because your car was broken down. Fuck, I forgot my truck was broken down. Did you use Jeffrey's truck? Well, no, because Jeffrey's going to tell him I didn't use his truck. So no, not Jeffrey's truck. Okay, well, then whose car was it? Uh, my dad's car. He was in court. Ugh. It was my mom's car. Remember, she was at work that day. Oh my God. You know, like I just, yeah, like I just see it happening like that because he's just, this is just what the fuck he does. Just like, that was this. Okay, never mind. It was this. Okay, never mind. That couldn't happen either. It was this. He seems like he's always got an answer for everything. Even if it doesn't pan out, he's like, okay, I'll pivot this way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pivot. Yeah. Pivot. So the police went to the gas station to see if they had security cameras, but the footage had been recorded over since it recorded over itself every 24 hours. How fucking annoying. Can we pass a law? Why? What is the point of having it for only 24 hours? I know. And like gas stations, Walmarts, fast food stores, like these are places where we get 
security footage that solves cases. Like, mm-hmm. because everybody has to go to the gas station at some point. Everybody, you know, people go to Walmart to buy their fucking kill kits. Yeah. Essentially. Like, I don't know. I just wish that, like, and a lot of, you know, a lot of times we hear when somebody calls to report somebody missing, they can't even do it for 72 hours or 48 hours or whatever. That's what I'm saying. So why are we keeping it for only 24? Exactly. That's not even a good enough window of time to be able to use it. Yeah. Now, the majority of what you record, is it going to be bullshit and nothing happening? Yes. Yeah, exactly. But it's just, it sucks when there's a case where we could go back and look. What's the point of having a camera? Yeah. To catch something. Come on, guys. Keep it longer than 24 hours. Yeah. And and the thing is, nobody talked to the gas station attendant until a month after they went missing. So again, and there are times that like, you know, it, it'll be a few days before anybody realizes somebody is missing or something is going on. And then by the time you go back, it's gone, you know, like just sucks. Mm-hmm. So Joey claims that even though he stayed there for an extra 10 minutes to watch them get into this car, he somehow drove off and didn't see which way they went. He didn't He didn't stop for that part. Why even sit and watch? Exactly. If you're going to sit there that long, then you're going to see which direction they go. And guess what else you're going to see? Which fucking gas station you went to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you went to a parking lot across the street from it. Do they yeah. both have empty parking lots across the street from them? Right. Okay. So... Jeffrey said the next day he didn't go to work, so he has no idea how Joey got to work, but he did. Another friend they worked with ended up uh, giving Joey a ride home when his girlfriend came and picked him up. Later, the girlfriend said that Joey was acting really weird and suspicious, so much so that she wanted him out of the car immediately. That is telling. A little, yeah. Joey claims that after he got home from work at midday Friday, Jennifer came back to the house in the same white car, but this time without Adriana. He said that she came to get some of her things, her wallet, her diaper bag, the car seat. Bullshit. She did not leave that fucking house and go ride in somebody's car without the fucking car seat for that child. Right? Do not. As a mother... I'll leave my house without my shit, but I won't leave my house without my kid's shit. Well, but also, if, we don't, if we're not sure that Adriana... Why? I don't know. It, no, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-mm. None of this makes any sense to me. Because he's saying they drove around for a while talking stuff out. Then they drive to the grocery store where she uses the phone. Then they drive to the gas station. No, but they went back to the house... Right? I mean, they they drove around and were talking. Yeah, they drove around and they went back. Yeah. But during that time, she doesn't get any of this stuff that she's going to need if she's leaving. But if if Jennifer is so upset with whatever situation is inside of that house that she wouldn't even go back into it, why would she have left Adriana there? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then if they're leaving, if they're like, okay, well, bring me somewhere so I can make a phone call and meet with somebody so I can leave, she's going to get the diaper bag and she's going to get the car seat. Mm-hmm. At the very least, she's going to get those things. Yeah. And how would how would Jennifer even have contact with somebody enough exactly. to be like, hey, come pick me up? Exactly. Yeah. And that would be in the phone records if it was. Absolutely. And it's not 
it's not her mom. It's not her sister. It's not her aunt. People that she would have talked to regularly about and and been like, hey, can you come pick me up? Yeah. And there's not, she doesn't have a way to meet new people. It's not like she has somebody that she worked with that Joey doesn't know about, right? He knows everybody that she knows. Something. Yes, exactly. Because he has complete control over who she talks to and when she talks to them and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But nobody has heard from Jennifer or Adriana since then. Mm-mm-mm-mm. It's just so. I just don't understand how we've gone this long and we've not. I mean, we'll finish it, but just how have we not pushed more on this family? But later that night at the party barn, they had a bonfire. And while there, Jeffrey asked where Jennifer was, and Joey told him that she was at a friend's house. He doesn't say they broke up. He doesn't say she left and she got in a mysterious car with people that he doesn't know. She's at a friend's house. No worries. Which should have been a red flag to Jeffrey right there, but... Yeah. Because she doesn't go anywhere without him. It's not allowed. Right. Who are these friends that she's going to? Exactly. Jennifer was reported missing on Saturday after receiving calls from several people and no one had heard from her. Aunt Lisa called Joey and his parents, and that's where the story of the grocery store and gas station first came about. After the call, the police went to Joey's parents' house for a welfare check. While they were there, they said what they were there for, and Joey told them that they would need a warrant. So the next day, they went back and took an official statement from Joey, which would later be changed, and the officer who took it was fired because Joey's dad said his son would never say it was a white four-door Camaro or Mustang because he knows that doesn't exist. Right. Do they just fire people for that? Um, I can't imagine. Have we ever heard of anybody being fired for anything as little as that? I know. Even bigger things. It's just what I'm saying. There's That's weird. Yeah. I mean, to me, and I don't think that this is a secret, or this is not something that other people haven't thought or explored, is there police corruption? Like, is there is is there some sort of yeah. cover-up? Yeah, there's something weird there. So that Sunday is four days from the last time that Jennifer was heard from, which would be plenty of time to cover up whatever occurred in the house. Mm-hmm. And why would you say you, you, you're going to have to have come back with a warrant if you're literally just like, where's Jennifer? Yeah. Casey also said that she's heard from a few sources that Joey's parents actually went out of town that Saturday, which was beyond odd since they were always with Joey, their, quote, baby boy. I mean, and that's why we're saying this was an odd relationship. Pretty much anybody else that you talk to, if you're like, oh, yeah, my parents, you know, went out of town for a day or a weekend or whatever. Okay, that's cool, whatever. That doesn't happen here. They don't do that. One years old. Yeah. They don't leave without him. So it's something to take note of because it was that out of the ordinary. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And how suspicious is it that Jennifer and Adriana go missing from their home? Mm -hmm. They take a trip the next day, which they've like never done before. I mean, like what happened? Yeah. And they had a bonfire that night. Like, yeah. Something big had to have made them want to go on a day trip or an overnight trip or something. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. It doesn't that when something is so out of the ordinary like that, you gotta think why. Yeah. Yeah. And also why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and why. And the police were very like, you know, she's a grown up. She can leave if she wants to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like initially that's what we're gonna hear from everybody. Well, in a lot of cases, I'm like, okay, I get that. Sure. Where the hell is she going? She doesn't have a car. Yeah. She doesn't have a cell phone. 
Like there are so many contributing factors that make me think that doesn't pan out. Yeah, exactly. The close family that she would have left with, none of them have been contacted. Like that does not pan out. Absolutely. Jennifer and Adriana's case was reclassified from a missing persons case to a homicide in 2013. And at that time, Sheriff Bill Holt said, quote, we've developed some new information in the past several weeks that brings us to the conclusion that there was foul play involved. And twice, Team Adam from the NCMEC, the National Center of Missing Exploited Children, have offered to help police with this case. The first time it was politely declined, but the second time they were told just absolutely no, we don't need your help. And Team Adam is a group of former and retired law enforcement officers who have skills that are deemed valuable in these types of cases. There have been a few searches done of the Benton property. The first was the initial walkthrough of the home. In subsequent searches, the police used cadaver dogs to search the six acres of land that the Bentons owned. They've used ground-penetrating radar with the help from the body farm team out of Knoxville. They received a letter from the body farm team stating that their search results were inconclusive because the Benton family dictated where they could and could not search. So, yeah. Great. I mean, obviously, if you've got something hidden that you don't want anybody to get, you're just going to be like, go over there, but not right here. Like, okay, well then. Do not. Yeah, of course we didn't find anything. Like, yeah. Right. And guess what? If somebody came into my home and they were like, hey, I need to search your house. I'd be like, go for it. You're not going to find anything. Go ahead. Would you clean up as you go? I'll find all my junk. Oh, that'd be so great. Whatever. Want to help me go through my closet and organize it while you're here? Yeah. A fourth search was put together by Kathy with volunteers and nonprofits to do foot searches around the Benton property, but not on it. Another was put together with approval from the Bentons under the stipulation that the media not know about it. But when it came time for the search, the media found out and they called it off. Casey said there was also a search a few months ago, but results from that can't be released yet. Joey has taken a polygraph in the past, but refused a second that was set up with voice inflection detection. To this day, neither of Jennifer or Adriana's social security numbers have been used or pinged in any systems. Joey's family claims that they have had nothing to do with their disappearances. If you have any information about Jennifer and Adriana's disappearance, you can reach Casey directly via email at casey.wicks at gmail.com. You can leave information anonymously at area code 615-562-0817 or P.O. Box 251, Cross Plains, Tennessee, 37049. Thank you guys so much for listening. And of course, like we have said, if anybody knows anything, big or small, Please let someone know. Yes, absolutely. Um, and we'll, those addresses, phone numbers and everything will be posted, like listed down in the episode description if you scroll down. So you'll have that information there too. Absolutely. But again, thank you so much for listening. We love you guys so much and we will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, you guys, before we leave though, you know. It's shout out time. It's shout out time. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, horrible from the get go, and you finished it up, and it was equally as horrible. I know. I didn't know where it was going, but I was like, I'm, I'm on this ride. Yep, so. we're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, hey, girl. Thanks to Sarah McGinty, Alex Michael, Morgan Head, Genevia, Sabrina Westcott, Bailey Young, GD Lynn Wallace, Joanne Bixler, Bethany Mills, Elizabeth White. Emily, Allie Woods, Amber, Julie, and 
We had a little bit of a, a debate here. Nothing feels right to me. Tanawa, Tanoa, a third option? Bar. We're not sure, but mm. please forgive us. It's beautiful. We Either tried. way. Yeah. We love you guys so much. Yes. Thank you. We love you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this case. Connect with us on Instagram or Facebook to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening and we will meet you back here next week. Bye. The theme song for the show is created and composed by Stephen Toby. You can find more of Stephen's work on SoundCloud. Our logo was created by Sloane Williams of Sophisticated Crayon. You can find more of her work on Etsy. Visit us at killerqueenspodcast.com for merch and other info about the show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.